Here on this Dundonian Life, I'll be introducing you to the city of Dundee in Scotland. Dundee is a city which is going through a lot of change and yet the city's voice needs to be heard louder than ever before. On this podcast, I will be sharing stories of Dundee from all angles, as well as making episodes which are dedicated to Dundee and the things that are going on here. I'm Andrew Batchelor and welcome to This Dundonian Life. Dundee is a city of dragons. The city seems to have adopted the dragon as its symbol, so much so it's even featured on the city's coat of arms. We'll come back to that later. From a personal point of view also, my zodiac sign is the dragon, as I was born in the year 2000, which is the fifth of the Chinese zodiac symbols. Each of the Chinese zodiac lands every 12 years, so the next year the dragon will be in 2024. But anyway, back to Dundee's connections with dragons, and I thought it would be cool to showcase the connections of both and how much the city associates with the mythical creature. Act 1. A Mysterious Legend these connections between Dundee and Dragons centre around the story of the Nine Maidens and the Dundee Dragon, and it is definitely one of the city's most popular urban legends, and it's always a great story to tell. The story goes that there was a farmer who lived in the outskirts of Dundee on the banks of the Lickety Burn with his nine beautiful daughters. One day, the farmer woke up and realised they were out of water, so he sent one of his daughters to fetch more water from a well, and she never came back. She reached the well and was met with something filled her with shock. A dragon, curled up around the well, sleeping. She approached closer to the well, but as she was, the dragon started to wake up and it noticed her. The daughter started running away as fast as she could as the dragon followed. Unfortunately for her, she was caught and was ate by the dragon. The farmer was unaware of what happened, and after a while he decided to send another daughter to see if she could find her, and also get the water at the same time. Like the first daughter, she was also caught by the dragon, as she was trying to run away from it. The farmer noticed that the second daughter didn't return, so he decided to send his third daughter, and then she never came back, and then another, then another, up until he sent his ninth daughter, and yet still no sign of what was going on. The farmer started to get frustrated that he didn't notice what was going on. He then took it upon himself to head up to the well and see what was happening. And it wasn't long until he realised what was going on. He was met with a gruesome sight. The dragon at the well with some of the corpses of his own daughters. The dragon was sleeping and was alerted by the farmer's presence. The dragon woke up and noticed the farmer. He quickly ran away and managed to escape the dragon and ran back to the village screaming, There's a dragon! There's a dragon! It wasn't long until the villagers heard the farmer and one of the first people to be alerted by the farmer was a man called Martin. He was said to be the the blacksmith apprentice in the village and was in a relationship with one of the farmer's daughters. Martin was furious when he found out from the farmer that his lover was killed by a fearsome dragon. So he took it upon himself to find the biggest hammer he could find and face the dragon head on. He went up to the well where the dragon was and his eyes were focused on killing the dragon 
and taken revenge on what it did to his girlfriend. The battle between Martin and the dragon was tough. It looked as though that the dragon got the upper hand at some points and at the moment where all was lost, with Martin about to be yet another casualty and yet victim of the dragon, he got up and he heard the villagers shout, Strike Martin! as he bashed the dragon's head with a hammer. He quickly ran for cover as the dragon collapsed and its head lay dead on a stone. And there's a rhyme that is associated with the demise of the dragon. Tempted at Pip Tentin, draggled at Baldragon, stricken at Strath Martin and killed at Martin's stone. Although the stone is still there, which you can visit today, that can't unfortunately be said about the well where this legend took place. The well was still there centuries after the legend took place and however, due to the ever-increasing numbers visiting the well, the farmer who owned that land at the time covered it and filled it over as there was too many people coming to visit. Act 2. The Legacy of the Dragon The legacy of this legend is rooted in the Dundee forever, and there are many locations in Dundee which bear names after the legend. Straff Martin is the most obvious, named after the villager shouting Strike Martin. And Baldragon is another one, and you might know this as, a, as an area of the city, and its name has a high school in that area. What's interesting is that when Kirkton High School merged with Rockwell High School in Dundee, the pupils were told that they'd be going to a high school with a new name. And they were given the choice of two names that were selected by the council. And they decided on two names, Craigillow, which was named after the nearby hill, and Baldragon, which is associated with the urban legend and also named after the area. And Baldragon was quoted as the name of the school, and this provided much more connection to the story and the history of the Dundee Dragon. When you fracture a bone, fall ill, or go for an operation, you most likely head towards Ninewells Hospital, which is Dundee's local hospital. And the hospital is named after an area it's in, Ninewells, which in itself is named after the Dundee Dragon legend, Nine referring to the Nine Maidens, and Wells referring to the well. And this is a fact that I love, and I only found this out not too long ago, and I was so surprised when I found out this was named after the Dundee Dragon story. When you walk through the Murray Gate, you might notice a green dragon in the middle of the path. The statue is inspired from the Dundee Dragon story, and it's quite a cool sight. I love the statue, and it symbolises the connections dragons have with the city perfectly. It was sculptured by the late Tony Morrow, and it certainly is an eye-catching piece in the centre of the city. Have you ever noticed that the Dundee coat of arms feature two dragons? The dragon appears on each side of one another, and the design is also inspired from the Dundee dragon and also partly from St Clement's. And Dundee City Chambers building located within Dundee City Square also boasts the coat of arms which feature the two dragons. But you can also see dragons featured in front of the facade of the Caird Hall as well. And if you're going past the Wellgate, or going next to the Wellgate, you might find St Andrew's Church. And if you look at the top of the spire of the clock tower of the church, guess what you'll find? You guessed right? A dragon. At the top of the spire, you might notice a flying dragon which looks out on the top of the city, protecting the city as it keeps an eye on the skyline. A city of discovery, a city of design, and a city of dragons. Dundee has a much loved connection to them, and it's something which I feel that it can sometimes feel unnoticed. And like I say, I want to pay homage to that connection. 
I love that dragons are a symbol of the city and it's cool to have a look at some of the dragons that are featured that are related to the city such as the Dundee dragon. And it's always interesting having a look at the certain stuff that makes that history come up and getting to learn from it and I feel like there's not a lot of focus on stuff like this and I do just feel like it deserves to get more attention. And that's where we come to this, the end of this week's episode of This Done Doing Life. And as always, I'm Andrew Batchelor, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of This Done Doing Life. Mm-hmm.